Welcome back to another episode of Hardwood Junkies. I am your host, Will. I am joined as I am every single week by my co-host, Chris. How's it going? Uh, we're doing great today. Uh, it's F5 season as well now, and with it being episode 21, it's the Joel Embiid episode as well. MVP candidate, Joel Embiid. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, probably the best one I've had so far. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a lot to go over. Some top teams are in trouble. Some bottom teams finally looking, uh, getting some some rays of sunshine coming in it's going to be a good episode uh also obviously the trade deadline is just around the corner so let's get right into it first thing that i want to talk about is the la lakers because boy are they in trouble Uh, i think that's putting it very politely uh the term i would go with is fucked but (laughs) yeah they are in some deep shit quite honestly uh down your number one and two options any team is going to be in deep shit but oh is it ever noticeable here yeah and, and i mean we've seen them we've seen them struggle a lot without davis already and now that they're missing lebron for uh rumor has it a month at least yikes yeah this team with title ambitions too Whew. that is rough um and we saw that in their most recent games. They get obliterated by the New Orleans Pelicans. That is a rough team to lose to. The final was 128 to 111. And the Pelicans dropped 43 in the third quarter. Yeah. Oh, that's just painful to hear. Uh, if you want to talk about when the Lakers almost kind of lost this game, like just from looking at like the box score of like first quarter second quarter third quarter fourth quarter that second quarter holy crap yeah the lakers only managed to score 17 points that is rough holy crap that's awful like yeah granted you're without your top options but still like with all this talk of like oh we added like so we added like dennis schroeder as well uh this offseason like we uh like we got guys who can score as well like even without LeBron and AD as well. Like, we should be okay, but based on this. And, and I think this makes it really, really clear that without LeBron, this team does not have a true leader. Um, no one that can, like, actually run their offense effectively. Don't get me wrong, Schroeder, Schroeder is great at that, but uh, he's always been in a role where he's doing that off the bench, which is a much different environment. Uh, a way different feeling than leading the starting lineup, right? And uh, we saw this here. He had an awful game. He only had 15 points. He had four rebounds, seven assists, which, like, those numbers I'm pretty happy with. But he shot two for ten. <sighs> yeah. That's awful. You need so much more, especially missing a guy like LeBron and uh, AD. Uh, you look at how this like who's the third option on this team normally it's normally Schroeder correct Schroeder or Harrell yeah sometimes you'll get like a pop-off from uh KCP or Kuzma or something but yeah I mean their their third option is is a flip between Schroeder and and Harrell yeah and most of and 10 of Schroeder's points that he managed to get in this game all came from the free throw line uh 
10 of 12 from the free throw line. That's that's still pretty good. But when you're also shooting 20% from the floor in general, there's a problem at that point. Like, you just got clamped. And then to make it even worse, another guy that I just mentioned, Contavious Caldwell Pope, three points, three assists, shot one of seven, 14% from the field we don't like to see that that is disgusting that is awful that's so bad the lakers were just in trouble this game especially with a guy who is one of your starting guards you can't have that your starting backcourt on the los angeles lakers shots 18 18 percent as a unit from the floor you need more <laughs> Especially from your guards, you need a lot more. Yeah, it's really bad. And then also Kyle Kuzma, who you look at base and you think, like, that's a decent game. He had 16 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. He even had a steal. His shooting wasn't fantastic, 42.9% from the field. Uh, like, not, not awful by any means, but you'd like to see a little higher than that. Yeah, you'd like to see a little higher than that. But he was 50% from the three-point line, which is really solid. But he had six turnovers. Yeah absolutely getting getting more or less clamped like yeah just really bad night from like almost everyone on the lakers and then you look at the other side and just massive nights from the big two on, on the pelicans brandon ingram going off for 36 points he shot 66.7 percent from both the field and three-point range yeah perfect at the line perfect at the line too 404 uh had three boards and four assists as well like yeah that this guy absolutely like looked at the <laughs> looked at the other side of the court with kuzma and markeith morris there and said okay I'm, I'm gonna drop 36 on their heads basically and then zion with 27 points nine rebounds five assists a steal and he shot 69 percent nice <laughs> uh didn't take any threes either nine of ten from the charity stripe too like you love to see it uh from zion as well like this this kid's something i love him love him and th those two guys were feasting uh like that front court normally pro probably won't feast if like an Anthony Davis and or LeBron are playing, they won't feast nearly as much considering they have to go up against Anthony Davis or LeBron. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they really uh, expose like the depth of the wings, especially for the Lakers on top of it. And I also want to give our boy here a shout out Nikhil Alexander Walker. 18 points, seven boards, three assists, and a steal. Uh, shot 50% from the floor, 33% from three. But when you have massive nights up at the top of this of the stat sheet, can't really ask for more. Uh, one of two from the line as well. Didn't really need to get there. Uh, oh, but on top of it, four turnovers as well. Young guard, so kind of forgivable. Uh, yeah, the Pelicans just absolutely had. Had their way more or less with uh, the Lakers. I'd also like to add that Marcus Gasol didn't play a minute in this game. And I mean, I, I'm i okay with that. <laughs> uh, one other guy that I want to shout out, one other guy that I want to shout out on the Pelicans as well, it's a guy that I don't get to talk about a lot because uh, he never has big nights at all, uh, especially since joining the Pelicans. But it's a dude that does his job, Steven Adams. I mean, he only had 12 points, he had seven rebounds. But he only took six shots, and he made all six of them. He even had a block as well. 
super efficient. Very efficient. Uh, especially when you consider uh, the other <laughs> starting center uh, on the other side is uh, Devontae Kakuk, which I have no idea who this guy is. Granted, he only played like uh, 13 minutes and most of the game, Adams is probably against Montrezl Harrell. But yeah, a huge night overall uh, from the Pelicans as well. Also, without Lonzo Ball. Yeah, it's it's good to see that. Uh, I mean, obviously, we, we talked about how much the Lakers are in trouble and everything. Um, but by no means are the Pelicans a great team at all. I mean, they're 19 and 24 after this win. Um, so it's good to see that they're still able to, to uh, win games despite uh, missing like a, a fairly key piece like Lonzo. Yeah, and... And they're at least flirting with uh, the play-in round, too, on top of it. So, uh, sitting at 11, 11th right now in the West. So, uh, they're they're at least in the conversation for the, play in, for the play-in round. The Lakers really need, like, an Anthony Davis and LeBron James back, like, five minutes ago. <laughs> and don't think that's crazy to say. Let's move on. Um, it's something that neither of us are really looking forward to to talking about um something really exciting happened but it was against a really unfortunate team uh first i want to say christian wood has returned but i mean the rockets still suck uh they they continued to lose after his return but their 20 game lose streak is over yeah and they are still not last in the Western Conference, mainly because the Timberwolves exist. Surprisingly. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, their win was against the Toronto Raptors. Who, who I may add as well, have lost nine straight. It's a it's a rough look <laughs> for the Raptors here. Yeah. Uh, I'm not... I, I kind of want to talk about uh, the Rockets here first, actually, because I have a whole rant about the Toronto Raptors and where they are. Uh, a little bit later. Uh, so, out of all the players on the Houston Rockets, who would you have expected to lead the way? <laughs> like John Wall, Christian Wood, maybe even Daniel House. He might he might pop off. I mean, from when he was playing, it it was typically House. Uh, or sorry, not House. Um, <laughs> uh, it was normally Wood. Wood was was topping their charts night in and night out, right? Yeah, it was normally Wood, but. In regards to scoring, Deshaun Tate led the way. <laughs> oh, of all players on the Houston Rockets, I would not have called Deshaun uh, Tate to lead the way with 22 points uh, for Houston. So uh, 22 points, six boards, five assists, a couple of steals, 89% from the field, 75% from three. We love to see it. <laughs> Very efficient night from Deshaun uh, Tate. <laughs> Yeah, it was fantastic for him. And another guy with a fantastic night, Sterling Brown, 20 points, 10 rebounds. He had two assists and a block as well. Shot 70% from the floor, 7 of 10, and 57% from three. Oh, you love to see how efficient uh, how efficient the uh, Rockets were in this game. Uh, you look, you look, aside from one guy. Aside from John Wall, uh, who did put up a triple-double. <laughs> he put up a triple-double in the most Westbrook way possible yeah it was 19 points 11 rebounds 10 assists he had a steal and two blocks 
yeah, he had he had a solid he had a solid night except for shooting. Uh, this guy shot twenty six percent from the floor and fourteen percent from three. Puke. I gotta go over the actual numbers though. Yeah, uh, I was gonna let you actually. He took he took thirty shots this game. <laughs> That's like Fred Van Vliet numbers right there. And made eight of them. This is like normally Fred Van Vliet on a normal night. That's insane. That's so many shots. That is a lot. Man was building a house. That's in, that's ridiculous. Uh, also shot one of seven from three. That <laughs> may add to. Yeah. And I mean, John Wall's never been a three-point shooter, so I don't even really care about that. I kind of expect that. But why is he taking seven threes? <laughs> yeah, that's the other issue. That's... Oof. Um, I wanted to do something with you, though, which uh, will hopefully make you feel a little bit better about this whole thing. Let's ignore John Wall. I want you to go over the field goal percentages for the Houston Rockets starters. Okay, so other than John Wall, uh, Ja'Shawn Tate shot 89%. Uh, just went over that. Sterling Brown, 70%. Also insane. Insane. Uh, Christian Wood, 53%. Not necessarily insane. You kind of expect it at this point. Still very good, though. <laughs> very good. Very efficient. Uh, it's just you expect it from him now. So I'm not necessarily like, whoa, about him doing that. Uh, and Daniel House, 80% from the field. Just a, a really fantastic night for these Rockets starters. All right, we've talked about the Rockets. I think it's time for you to go off on the Raptors. So uh, on the evening of November 18th, 2020, the Toronto Raptors in the first round at, with the 29th pick picked Malachi Flynn, anticipating that Fred Van Vliet would be gone in free agency. That never happened. Fred Van Vliet's still here. And you look at this box score with Fred, especially, and he had a good game. I will give him that. Uh, scored 27 points, 8 boards, couple of assists, 4 steals as well. That's really good. Shot 53% from the floor. Pretty good. 4 of 11 from 3. He should not be taking 11 threes anymore. But on the season, like, Fred's never been an efficient scorer. But he takes a lot of shots, though. <laughs> Why did I bring up Malachi Flynn? Because he's like the Fred Van Vliet replacement. Malachi Flynn's stats through 18 games played in the National Basketball Association are unplayable. So this guy averages right now uh, about nine minutes a game. Okay. This is your, your guy's your first round pick. 2.2 points per game. 0.7 uh, rebounds per game. He's a guard, though, like who's barely six feet, apparently. Uh, 1.3 assists. This isn't even the worst part. Uh, field goal percentage, 27%. This guy's shooting 27% from the floor on the season. 20% from three. 66% from the charity stripe. There were definitely better players available. And free agency comes as well. They let Serge and Mark walk, and they bring in Aaron Baines, who's also been unplayable. Like, it's terrible to... It's hard to watch Aaron, Aaron Baines play now, because he's just been so unplayable. And it's... And just everything has gone wrong, in a sense, from, like, what the front office has tried to do this offseason. Like, when the Raptors signed Aaron Baines, I was like, okay, that's an interesting move. Uh, I think he'll... Like, if he plays as well as he did in Phoenix, uh, he'll be fine. Uh, 
he's not going to be like a surge or a mark, but he'll be fine. He'll be adequate. Like, the Raptors will still be a playoff team. And this, they start the year eight or two and eight, and Baines looks unplayable. Like, as, as he looked, has, he's had stretches where he's been playable, but it's just awful to watch. Um, it's hard to watch, more or less. It's not awful to watch. It's hard to watch. Is like since coming back from the All Star break, nine. I believe it's a nine game losing. It's a nine game losing streak. They haven't won a game since the All Star break. Since before the All Star break, when they lost to the Pistons, when they got blown out by the Pistons. So I think, to be completely honest, this is more along the lines of what I was expecting from the Toronto Raptors. I wasn't expecting quite this bad. Uh, but I was expecting them to not be great. Um, I believe in my predictions, I had them at like 7th or 8th. I did not have them very high. And uh, I know they're they're below that right now and everything. Like They, they are on a really bad stretch. And it sucks. They're, they're at 11th right now. You know, they, they are quite a few games back. Um, I mean... A couple things as well, though. I was not... A, <laughs> no one was expecting the Hornets to be the fifth seed right now. Um, people were not expecting the Knicks to be this good. We all had Chicago at, like, the very bottom, and yet somehow they're at ninth right now. Um, we had this playing out very differently, uh, but with all of these other teams succeeding, I can understand how the Raptors are struggling. Um Obviously, I want them to do better, but I think a, a few big things to keep in mind is this is realistically a rebuilding team. And this loss, honestly, against the Rockets, like after that two and eight start, I was like, yeah, it's time. Like th this is the time where like you need to kind of start playing the lottery at this point. Like you have to, you have to try and get a lottery pick at this point if you're the Toronto Raptors. And I want to quickly add in like. Fred VanVleet signed for a massive contract, arguably for what he does, which is just mainly chuck threes and drive the rim, most of the time getting blocked at the rim, uh, or just building a house from threes sometimes. Uh, he's His efficiency is just not good. Uh, he doesn't really have much size, uh, but people consistently praise his defense, and I'm like, yeah, he gets obliterated by anybody above 6'4". Like he he just doesn't have like the sort of clamp clamping things anymore, and he he's like if there's a player that like the championship in 2019 negatively impact, I think it impacted. I think it was Fred VanVleet because he just got like this massive ego, and I'm like, dude, you need to you need to chill. You were the bench leader basically for that championship team as a starter. Like all your flaws have just been amplified at that point, and it's been just sprinkled in like all throughout the season and whatnot. It just hasn't been pretty from him for the most part. Like he's shooting under 40% from the field this year, 37 from three. That's pretty solid. 90% from the charity strike too. Like that's fantastic. Like from the charity strike, especially like when he gets to the line, he's converting. It's just like as a whole, like with his scoring and whatnot, like his assists are up from his career total. His rebounds are up as well as points per game are up as well. It's just, he's taking a lot more shots and, where we are now with the Toronto Raptors is we have trade rumors now of Kyle Lowry, which is absolutely the right thing to do. But when you trade Kyle Lowry at this point, you're going to have this guy running the offense for the next few years, probably. Because I don't trust that this team's going to win win the draft lottery. And if they do, I don't trust that they're going to draft 
somebody like Cade Cunningham. I, I don't trust it. I, I just don't trust the Toronto Raptors right now. Like, you look at, like, the moves that they have made and whatnot, and, like, especially, like, s- since, like, the Marcus All trade, especially back in 2019, almost every move they have made has just backfired, in a sense. And do you... I want to ask you something. Do you honestly trust Fred Van Vliet running an offense right now? Yes. Do you trust him in the future to possibly run an offense? Uh, I, I think you give this guy a year without Kyle and uh, like actually, actually being the guy. Yeah. I mean, 27 is still pretty young. Pretty young. Like I don't, th- I, I think the development's over and I think like this is the type of player he is now. No, I, I, I disagree. I, I, I disagree with that. Uh, I, I think this guy's going to improve still. Um, I think he's being thrown into a newer role within the team that he is not used to, and he is uh, learning to adjust. I think they are uh, putting the ball in his hands a lot more with the starters, which is a role that he's not used to. Um, I, I think they are throwing him into positions that he is currently uncomfortable in. And I think that as time goes, he will become more comfortable and he will become the Fred that we knew and loved before. Um, yeah, I, I think he will get back to that point. Um, I, I I feel, I, I can understand it, but I feel like you're you're in panic mode a little bit here. Um, th- this is a rebuilding team. Uh, I feel like you have, and it's fair. I'll, I'll, I think I'll, everything that you said is very fair. Um, they're very fair concerns and stuff, but I think it's a lot of recency bias. Uh, let's not forget this is the Maasai that signed uh, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> when, yeah, sorry, uh, when when no one actually thought that that would be a thing. I mean, I think everyone was uh, hopeful, but in the back of their heads, I, I know for me at least in the back of my head, I was like, it, it, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Masai Ujiri is a very, very smart, uh, what am I trying to say? Very smart and capable exec. Um, I I know that some of the recent stuff he's done has not panned out well, obviously. But I also think some of those plans were to try and just go along with them rebuilding. It feels like as well, on top of it, uh, that the front office's plan coming into this, coming into these next two years was to try and sign Giannis. And there was no real plan B. They didn't have a plan B at the end of the day. I, th- I think plan B was just going to rebuild. But I, I feel like they may have been more hopeful that they, than they should have been uh, when it comes to signing Giannis. That's fair. Um, like with... And where are we now since November? We're talking about trading Kyle, which I remember back in August... When we were originally coming up with the idea of this podcast, you said that Kyle should be traded at this point. And I, and I, I was hesitant at the time because, you know, let, let's see, like if they sign Surge back, I don't think Kyle should be traded. Like there was, there's no free reign uh, at the pain at that point uh, with somebody like Serge Ibaka still in Toronto. Uh, Serge obviously left and it was mainly because there was no drive in a sense to sign him to a multi-year deal, which is what he, which is what he wanted. And he is within his right to go get that. With Serge leaving, uh, it was basically the front office saying 
more or less to the fan base and to everybody that it was time like we are going all in on Giannis at this point basically and obviously uh that didn't pan out and obviously the next goal now is to rebuild uh but now we're here talking about Kyle Lowry trade rumors which could fetch back some good players of course and uh and possibly some picks uh which I'm totally open to receiving at this point. One other thing that I want to say as as far as the Raptors uh, not performing as well as we expected, uh, they really have been fucked by COVID. Uh, only over the last couple of weeks, more or less. Uh, they lost a lot of the rotation. I believe OG, Siakam, Fred as well. Uh, there was another player as well. Oh, and Malachi Flynn, for whatever reason, is like the eighth spot on this team at this point still. I don't know why. Like, I, I panned the pick, like, when it happened. I, I still panned the pick at this point. I think it was, I think there was better players available at the time. Yeah, so they losing, like, those three guys especially, like, uh, really didn't help. But now they're a couple games back. They got a couple games back under their feet as well. I also add with, like, this Rockets game as well. Siakam was benched in the fourth quarter. Well, well and that's the other thing. I mean, we've talked about it a few times now. Nick Nurse has been making some uh, interesting decisions over the course of this season, a lot of which we do not agree with, <laughs> uh, to put it as as politely as possible. Malachi playing 15 minutes in this game. Why? Yeah. Why? And he, li- and he did nothing in this game. Like, the team, he was plus four with uh, him on the floor. Cool. Plus minus don't mean shit. Is he doing, th- is he actually doing something in the game? Three assists. Ooh. Ooh, welcome to the big time, kids. Uh, but anyways, with... Uh, let's let's move into these uh, Lowry trade rumors. Yeah, please. Because I I, I need something po- positive, more or less, to talk about. And I, I'm, fr- I'm just frustrated with the Toronto Raptors at this point. So the two uh, forerunners, it seems, in conversation with the Raptors is the Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat. Uh, The Miami Heat at the current time seems to be the more likely candidate based on uh, more recent tweets and events. Um, Over the the course of day recording, which is the 23rd of March, uh, there's been a lot of smoke coming out of that camp, basically. Like, especially on Twitter. Do you want to cover this Michael Grange tweet? Yeah, Michael Grange, uh, who works for... I'm yeah Michael Grange uh he works for Sportsnet uh put out a tweet uh, a few hours before recording this uh and it says quote the sticking to- uh, the sticking point in a Lowry to Miami scenario is Tyler Hero Miami's okay to give up 26 year old Duncan Robinson pending an R- a pending RFA who might be pricey to sign the Raptors prefer uh Tyler Hero who's in the second year of his rookie deal so Essentially, the Heat said, take Duncan Robinson and fuck over your cap situation. Or uh, take Hero, who's on the second year of his rookie deal. But the Heat are saying, you can't take Hero, who's on the second year of his rookie deal, and whose cap hit is almost insignificant. At at the end of the day, uh, there's also been, like, talk out of Miami as well that, like, they feel confident that they can sign a Kyle Lowry in the offseason. And... Uh, right before recording as well, uh, there was a report uh, from Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer that Lowry is open to signing an extension wherever he ends up after on uh, on Thursday, on the 25th after the deadline. Uh, 
What I'd like to see from the Sixers, uh, to take the Philly angle first, uh, we're pro- the Raptors will probably have to eat Danny Green's contract because every team in the NBA has to eat it at some point. Uh, it's the Lakers special at that point. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd like to see like a Matisse Tybel or Tyrese Maxey as well come back and a pick. Like that that seems like more or less fair value at the at this point and that really puts like moves the needle towards Philadelphia's edge or Philadelphia's uh the Philadelphia side of it uh in a matchup against Brooklyn. The team I'd rather uh deal with with in Toronto's case is the Miami Heat because Tyler Hero. I want Tyler Hero. <laughs> I will, I love Tyler Hero. I do. Uh uh I think there's still like uh, potential with guys like uh, Tybal and Maxi, but uh, if you want a guy who can come in right now, uh, who's young, uh, affordable, and you have control over for the next few years, and could look really good in a backcourt with Cade Cunningham if the Raptors actually end up with the first overall pick, please. Um, like I, I think if there's the avenue that. Uh, works with the Raptors trading for a uh, Tyler Hero, I say they take it. So, I mean, I, I want to do a quick experiment. Looking at the Raptors roster, who are the untouchables? I think right now, uh, OG Ananobi, for sure. Like, I, I think there's there's three super obvious ones, yeah. right? It, it's OG, it's Pascal, and it's Fred Van Vliet. Fred, more or less because of his contract, in my opinion. Because they just spent a ton of money on him, right? Like, uh, they're not going to want to trade him after after just signing him on this massive deal. Uh, I, I think it's a combination of that and the team and who wants to pick up that contract. That's also fair. Uh, again, I, I I feel like you're undervaluing Fred, but um, I, I do see what you mean. Uh, do you think there are any other untouchables on this team? If this wasn't a contract year, I'd probably say like a Norman Powell. And yeah, it's probably OG, Siakam, Fred. Uh, if those, if he wasn't a free agent at the end of this year, I could argue Norm. But it's a very loose one at that point. Like he's practically untouchable if this isn't a contract year. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, and I almost feel like Chris Boucher might be in that conversation. He's only 28, and obviously this has been a massive breakout season for him. Now that they're actually giving him minutes, he's been fantastic for them overall. He's been fantastic. Yeah, he has been fantastic, and with uh, Boucher as well, uh, they all- he also just signed to a pretty decent amount of money as well. I, I think based on this year, though, teams would want him. <laughs> teams want him. Uh, it's just what what the Raptors ask for in return. Yeah, interestingly enough, I actually think that uh, centers are a pretty hot commodity right now among like contenders and stuff. And I mean, do I think Chris Boucher can help a contender? Uh, off the bench, uh, off the bench for sure. Off the bench, playing fifteen twenty minutes a night on a contender, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I feel like the teams that are looking for centers need a bit more minutes than that, and I'm not sure how effective he he would be at that stage. Uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, like realistically, I feel like it's pretty much just those three that are untouchable. Yeah, 
Everybody else, you're listening to offers. Overall, I'll be honest, I would be okay with them trading Fred. I, I know that I've I've been kind of talking him up to c- compared to Chris's talking him down. Uh, I, I, I was just kind of playing devil's advocate there. Um, f- filling the role that Santi would fill had, had he be here, because I, I know that uh, when we were originally going over rosters, he... He sold me on Fred, at least, and uh, I, I was really upset with them signing him, like, re-signing him and everything, but he made me feel okay about it, so I'm trying to take that and push put put that on you as well. Um, I'd be okay with them trading, okay with them trading him. Um, I think the core two that they, like, need to keep is, is OG and Siakam, because that's such a strong, young, defensive core. Both of those guys are insane on the defensive end. Um... Uh, this is an OG uh, rookie version of OG guarding LeBron in the third round of the, or in the conference finals anymore. This isn't him. He's a completely different player. Or in the second round, sorry, my bad. And, and I mean, we, we see that he has developed his game past just defense as well. Like he, he's so good. I love OG. Um, and he's still so young. He still has so much more um, potential. Yeah, his his three-point shooting has really taken a step forward. As well, he spent a lot of time this past offseason working on it, and it it's it showed more or less. It feels like uh, his like there's nights where like there's more nights now than uh, not where his three point shooting uh, has just been fantastic. And there have been times where I'm just like, yeah, get get OG like catch and shoot threes because he's just on. He's just on one tonight, please. Uh, but then there's of course nights where like the three point shooting hasn't been there, but, uh, he's taken a lot of strides with his offensive game. And I think he's, he's, he's slowly coming He's slowly coming into, uh, his role and, uh, realizing like, Hey, I've got a lot of, a lot more potential in, uh, skills on, uh, the offensive side of the ball as well. And Pascal, uh, very inconsistent at times, but uh, he's still so young. He's still, he's still so young. I think he's twenty six, twenty seven now, something like that. Pascal's twenty six. He's he's still got time. He's still got time. He turns twenty seven this year too. He's got a little bit of more time. I I feel like part of it for Pascal is like confidence and stuff, because we've seen him be incredible. I mean, right the last season up until the stoppage, uh. Like even like when he came back from uh, the groin injury that he had, uh, he was fantastic. Yeah, he he was insane. He w- he was having the time of his life, basically. Bubble looked like he didn't touch the basketball like during the entire lockdown. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it, the bubble was rough. Uh, but like this is a guy that we have seen be incredible. Yeah, we need more. And like a a, a number one option on a team right like we, we've seen that from him i think it's it's a matter of him getting his confidence back and getting his feet under him again and stuff and we've seen like flashes of it here and there this season he's had a few like really solid games but like you said it, it's the consistency and uh i i think we'll see it come back i i'm not super concerned when it comes to pascal um but when it comes down to it like this is a team that you can just blow up right yeah i i 100 agree with that you, you have you have like three main guys that you want to hold on to aside from that you don't give a shit yeah i <laughs> um unfortunately really the two main the two main guys that like have value is pretty much just lowry and powell 
Uh, I don't think any of these guys have a ton of of trade value. Like like we said, like Boucher probably has a, a bit. Um, he's been playing really well this season and stuff. You could get an unconditional second round pick from a contender for Chris Boucher right now. Yeah. Yeah, like you probably get something for him. Yeah, you can. One hundred percent. Terrence Davis, you could probably, yeah. you could probably get, uh, maybe you could probably get something for Terrence Davis as well. He's still got some potential. Uh, it's just Nick Nurse like just hates him for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, Malachi Flynn. Uh, th- the main two guys that I'm looking for them to move though is definitely just Lowry and Powell. And as we see with trade rumors, uh, Woj actually tweeted out that uh Lowry and Powell are uh both in conversations with as we mentioned Philly and Miami. If it takes Kyle Landorm to bring in a Tyler Hero, I'm not jumping over the moon for it, but I could understand it. I think Tyler Hero would fit this team really well though, alongside like OG and Pascal. Yeah. And you have like Fred as as the point guard. I I actually I I oh man, thinking about that now, I'm excited. I want that. I want that to happen. <laughs> I re- I would like that to happen and having Tyler Hero have the ball in his hands more than Fred that that gets me really excited like yeah uh if if the front office is listening for the toronto raptors if you just happen to be (laughs) give me some confidence in you again please i've just been hurt way too many times by your decisions we've been talking about the raptors for a long ass time now (laughs) a hot minute some would say this is my this is my raptors cue for like the next month (laughs) uh hopefully they will uh make some good decisions in the next day or two uh let's move on and talk about some more trade rumors though because boy are they running amok right now uh another name that's been thrown around quite a bit is victor oladipo there were some conversations with the heat and the knicks uh it seems like they are reluctant to um offer too much (laughs) yeah uh Understandably so, uh, considering I think uh, Oladipo wants to test the open market based on him rejecting the max deal that the uh, Rockets offered him. Uh, so I, it, make, it makes a lot of sense that Old, Oladipo definitely wants to test the open market, see where he's at in regards to where, what teams see in this guy. I, I think uh, it makes sense that teams are kind of hesitant to offer like a premium package. For this guy because he's playing still what every other game sort of deal you'd like you'd like to see a bit more uh in a sense from an old like an old depot in regards to like the durability and whatnot if he can finish off the season healthy that could really help uh play in play into putting some money in his pocket when he does play he's fantastic yes i agree 100 percent uh if anything like for the rockets for like the last month of the season they should just be running uh old depot every night to see if, like, yeah, he can uh, play every night, possibly, for, like, a stretch of time. Like, a month, I think, is a solid amount of time to play every night. But... See, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll see him playing every night until next year. I, I think at the end of the day, uh, that will hurt uh, his camp in trying to get o- or, uh, Oladipo paid. Like, I, I still think Oladipo's a fantastic player. He's, st- he's still... Well... He's still a really good player at the end of the day. I'm not sure if he's really looking for like the massive paycheck or more so a ring is the other thing. I, I think it's kind of like a hybrid of both at the end of the day. I mean, probably. And, and overall, 
whether it be Max or not, I mean, he, he's going to get paid. He's a good player. He'll There will be a team who will be uh, willing to dish out some dough, dough for this guy at the end of the day. Uh, interesting to see, though. I mean, I, I find it kind of interesting that the Heat and Knicks are, are in trade talks with them. Um, the Knicks I can see a bit more. The Heat seems weird to me, but... Especially considering they're in on Kyle Lowry, uh, and they need somebody who can help create uh, for everybody around him. Maybe it's like a backup or something. I mean, Oladipo is a pretty good passer overall. He, he's a he's a solid playmaker. Uh, so maybe maybe they're just considering that as like a backup for if Kyle falls through or something, or like if, if they uh, if if they have to give up too much too much and and they don't want to go through with it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I I just think uh, Kyle Lowry's. Uh, a little bit more of a better fit for the Heat, but I I understand the decision that the Heat are talking with multiple teams over uh, solid playmaking guards, which is something that they desperately need. Uh, and I mean, same with the Knicks too, right? Like the the Knicks also need a point guard. Yeah, uh, is Oladipo that point guard though? <laughs> it, it's it's something, right? Like o- Oladipo, he helps. Uh, would one hundred percent improve the Knicks? <laughs> like the Knicks don't get worse by having a Victor Oladipo. Yeah. So I, I I get that as well. I I I like the idea of that. We'll see what happens though. Uh, no reports on like what those teams are, uh, look or like willing to give for him or anything. So yeah, still very up in the air on Oladipo. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the Rockets I think will do. I think uh, what is right for them, uh, more than like Victor Oladipo. At the end of the day the depot situation uh you still field offers and see what like the most value you can get and if you think it's worth giving up somebody like oladipo you do it at the end of the day i th- i think what the big thing that the heat and the knicks would probably be looking for is like that sort of guarantee of the future like if oladipo signs like some sort of extension yeah i i mean both of those teams are still like pretty young when it comes down to it right so even having a guy that's going to be good for like a few years still is really solid. They're not like necessarily a win right now team. The Heat are uh, win now and in the future right now. <laughs> but at the end of the day, Jimmy Butler's not getting younger, guys. Shall we move on to the next uh, big rumor of the day? Yes, this is one that I find really interesting. And I, I really don't know how to feel about it. Uh, the Indiana Pacers are apparently uh, listening to some offers on Malcolm Brogdon. This is probably the strangest rumor that has come out today. Like, quite honestly, I think this is the weirdest rumor that has come out today. And there, there's one more that's a little strange, and it's involving the same team, but we'll, we'll get into that after. Yeah. Uh, should we just cover uh, both the Brogdon and Sabonis rumors I, now? We can. Uh, so, yeah, like, apparently... Apparently, they are also listening to offers on DeMontis Sabonis, which is just fucking insane because he is the entire future of that team at the moment. Uh, And the even crazier thing to me is that Turner is off the market for them. (laughs) That's so strange. The the Pacer, there's a lot of weird rumors coming out of Indiana right now. And it's really hard, I think looking from the outside to kind of see where it's like smoke and mirrors or if there's actually like smoke in the distance like there's something actually there uh out of the three i think possibly the one that has 
that I would say is like there's actually there may be some fire over in that direction is with Malcolm Brogdon at the end of the day. There may be uh there there may be some fire down at at the end of that tunnel. I think with Sabonis it's just works as like a ticket salesperson heard from guy in IT who heard from guy who works <laughs> right underneath GM sort of deal. Sabonis, I don't think that's necessarily, I don't think there's any legitimacy to that. Well, and I will say it does just say that they are, they're listening to offers on them. It's not like they are looking for trades on these guys or anything. Um, and another guy that, that uh, this article out of Yahoo Sports mentions is um, Aaron Holiday is uh, another piece that they might look to move. Um, I think that's a much smaller <laughs> piece in the, in this picture. Obviously, Aaron Holiday has been like very solid for them coming off the bench and everything, but um, he's not like a, a key piece necessarily to this roster. No, I don't. I don't think he necessarily moves the needle in regards to uh, a contender. If they were to pick up an Aaron Holiday, I don't think it necessarily moves the needle. Does it make the team better? Probably. Does it move the needle? Not really. <laughs> yeah, it, it pretty much it, the the explanation for the Brogdon thing is that um, reports say that the Pacers are are willing to part with Brogdon because they feel that Karis Levert can uh, just step in as point guard. Which I don't think they're wrong, but uh, it's just interesting. Malcolm Brogdon is such an incredible, efficient player. Uh, obviously, he's been he's been struggling a lot in these past few weeks, but I don't think that's indicative of who he is, really. I think it's just a, a rough patch. It, it, it's just been a rough patch from him, and honestly, there may be... Uh, like, uh, Vincent Goodwell, who wrote the article for Yahoo, I think there's like the most sort of legitimacy behind a... Uh, the Pacers court sort of feel like courting and uh, fielding offers for uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, what one team it reports that is interested in Brogdon is the LA Clippers, which that's really interesting. I mean, Brogdon's a, a guy that'll help a team win a chip. He helps move the needle. <laughs> yeah, he helps. He definitely helps move the needle. Uh, let's move on to a couple guys that have not played in weeks now. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Andre Drummond, both guys. Um, I, I mean, it's, I feel like it's been almost a month now since these guys have actually touched the court. It's been a hot minute, <laughs> at least in a game. Um, right. Yeah. In actual NBA minutes. Uh, it's a thing that I feel like all, all people, like everyone who watch watches the NBA has been keeping an eye on. Cause these, these two specifically have been in reports and everything for quite a while. Obviously there's the whole thing with the Cavs announcing <laughs> that, uh, Drummond will not play anymore. That was, that was still such the weirdest thing to do. It's strange, but I, whatever. Um, Reports currently are saying that the Boston Celtics, New York Knicks, Dallas Mavericks, and the Chicago Bulls are interested in Drummond, and the Celtics and the Heat are interested in Aldridge. It's really interesting to see the Dallas Mavericks on this list. You think so? It's interesting. I I, I don't mean interesting in a bad way. It just kind of caught my eye to see them on this list. I was like, really? 
Okay. I mean, they need to do something, <laughs> I think. Yeah, they de- they desperately need to do something. If I'm Dallas, though, I still... If, if I'm Toronto at this point, like I still call them and be like, Hey, do you want a Norman Powell? No? Okay. Bye, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, with like with the Mavericks on that list, though, uh, it's interesting that uh, they're still open to making a sort of move. Uh, it also makes sense that they're not necessarily in on Aldridge because it, like the old people, like the old people fan part of the fan base, would be like, "Ah, you trading with our rival?" Ah. <laughs> and and like Mavericks Facebook goes absolutely batshit crazy. For like a day or two, and I I think Aldridge may be a bit of a better fit with Dallas. Well, the thing is, then then you have two power forwards, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you could you could just say fuck it and play Porzingis at the five. <laughs> you could, and I feel like Aldridge could potentially play the five as well. Yeah, you can you could sort of platoon them, and hell, why the hell not at that point? <laughs> I I feel like Aldridge fills the same role that Kristaps does. Um, and, like, obviously Kristaps is struggling a bit right now, it seems, but, I mean, overall, Kristaps is also just way younger <laughs> than Aldridge. Uh, so I, I feel like you would just rather have Kristaps have and not need to worry about any uh, butting heads with two guys that kind of fill the same role. I mean, it's also a nice insurance policy. I, I understand them wanting Drummond, I think. Um, I, I feel like that makes more sense for them. Drummond is still young too. He's only 27. I feel like uh, people think that Drummond is a lot older than he is, and I, I always do. I find, I, I feel like he's, I feel like he's got to be like 30 by now, sort of thing, right? But no, he's only 27. My dumbass keeps thinking he's like 35. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's like, how is this guy still? Oh right, yeah, he's like in his 20s. Like that's, yep. That's the thought process that goes through my head every time I go look at this guy's basketball reference page. Oh shit, he's twenty something. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on these two guys though and see what happens. We've got a few smaller ones now. Yeah, let's go. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, Aaron Gordon first? Sure. Or uh, Javale McGee. Sure. Okay, so uh, Vincent Goodwill also has uh, gotten a little bit more of the scoop with. Uh, Aaron Gordon, there was this weird rumor as well uh, that came out uh, on the 22nd with Boston sending apparently two seconds and Marcus Smart to the Magic for, I think, Evan Fournier and uh, Aaron Gordon, which was the weirdest rumor that has come out so far, quite honestly, easily. With the Magic now, uh, they want a first-round pick for Aaron Gordon, which, uh, you know, fair. At the end of the day, uh, first reported, this was also uh, first reported by uh, Matt Moore of the Action Network, which I am just discovering that they existed, quite honestly. <laughs> uh, this is at like 8 o'clock this morning that this was reported. So uh, there's also other teams interested with uh, Aaron Gordon, too, with the Nuggets, the Mavs, the Rockets, and the Trailblazers, which is really interesting. And Boston is still interested of course and aaron gordon uh the trade yesterday that was reported is still kind of batshit crazy to me (laughs) yeah interesting to see that the nuggets are in on him too (laughs) that that was one that threw me off a little bit um 
uh reason i was talking about this with a friend of mine the other uh actually today and he said you know it makes sense that from the perspective that like the nuggets need like somebody who can drive to the rim but it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense to me to see the nuggets on there uh, the Rockets on there, too, is really interesting, I think. I mean, Aaron Gordon is only 25, and I think the Rockets have realized that they need to just rebuild. He's a bo- he's a body at the end of the day. And, like, he, he's a body that uh, can probably can play every night, more or less, and, uh, like, kind of be like a sort of stopgap. That's the word I was looking for, stopgap. Uh, for any young players that, like, they may want to kind of have, like, sheltered in a sense and have Aaron Gordon, like, carry the heavy minutes. But with somebody who's 25, if, and you're the Orlando Magic, I think you're talking more to the Mavericks, the Nuggets, and, and by extent to the Blazers and the Celtics. It, it's interesting, I think, with, with Aaron Gordon. Um, it's strange to me that Aaron Gordon is the one coming up in trade talks for the Orlando Magic and not the person trapped in fucking... Orlando Purgatory, uh, Nikola Vucevic, right? All right, like I, I think that's the the most interesting thing for me with with this whole Aaron Gordon thing. I just I cannot believe that it's him in trade talks and not Vucevic, especially like we were talking about earlier with so many teams like needing a center. It seems right. I just I don't get it. <laughs> Uh, Vucevic isn't a free agent anyways, uh, for another two years on top of it as well. That's a dude that's going to get you a ring. (laughs) Vucevic is so fucking good. Yeah, he's a guy who definitely will put you over the, uh, like, turn the needle towards you if you're a contender. Uh, yeah. His cap hit for the next two seasons goes down too, as well, uh, with next... Uh, next season's cap hit being at 24 million compared to 26 this year and 22 in his fi- in the final year of his deal where he's 31 like this guy's 29 right now like i'm not i'm not sure what what the hell is going on with the with the Orlando Magic and why they're looking at trading Aaron Gordon instead of Vucevic but the Magic just don't make sense to begin with yeah i i don't get anything that that they do yeah it it just feels like they exist just to exist so the next trade rumor which uh, makes a, a lot of sense to me. I can see this happening. Uh, the Blazers are interested in JaVale McGee. Uh, we've been talking about it all season. It's something that Santi would always bring up when he was on the pod. Uh, JaVale McGee is a guy that's going to help you get a ring, right? He's another center that gets you boards, gets you that defense in the paint. Um, he's also 10 points a game. It makes sense. <laughs> Uh, on the season, he's averaging about eight points a game. Yeah, like he's not bad at all. But it, it, he's he's a defensive rock, though, right? Yeah, he's a stud. Absolutely. Like he he basically like really shores up uh, the paint, and he basically is a stone wall. Like around like there is the uh, the restricted area, and then there's like the Javale McGee line, which is like two feet in front of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, like. He, he's very good at what he does. Uh, what he does is very kind of set in stone. Uh, you, like, you're getting good defense and rebounds from him. And uh, not much past that, but for for teams like the Lakers, the Clippers, 
the Blazers, that's that's what you need. That, that's what they need, right? I, I may add somebody who's also a little bit more durable than uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who feels like gets hurt like every other week. Exactly, right? And, and I was about to say that that's kind of where this trade rumor comes from initially is uh, obviously like Yusuf Nurkic has been just riddled with injuries uh, for the past two years now, it feels. Um, it, it's it's really unfortunate because Nurkic is an incredible young talent. Um, he's been fantastic for the Blazers as well, while healthy, but it does seem like they need a, a backup there. Yeah, or somebody that uh, more or less is a little bit more durable and a little bit more reliable uh to be there like at the end of the day like when you need like if you're up if you're up by 10 and with three minutes to go like if Nurkic is hurt who else are you gonna put out there at that point also like Javel has rings right <laughs> like that that kind of experience can't be understated oh 100 uh I may add this rumor as well the Cavaliers aren't necessarily thrilled about the idea of moving him that's so ridiculous why 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 are you holding on to this guy there's literally no reason to. He's old, you're young. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah, he's old, you're young. He's also probably, like, combined with the fact that, like, drafting bigs in the NBA right now is just absolute shot in the dark. Who the hell knows? <laughs> and when you have a good big, you got to do a lot to keep them. One last thing as far as this like NBA report that we're going off of, I have a couple more things that I want to mention afterwards. Uh, but the last thing on here that we want to talk about is just the Grizzlies and, um, uh, Luol Diang. No, the other one, Gorgi Diang. Yeah. They're, they're going to, they're, they, they should do something with him. Right. Uh, Grizzlies are super, super young. Um, he's not necessarily old, but like he's 31. So he's in his prime right now. Realistically, uh, we're going to start seeing a decline in the next couple of years. It's also seeing, uh, it's also more likely right now out of Memphis as well, that, uh, he will be bought out, uh, as per Evan Barnes of the commercial appeal. Yeah. Also in that same report that Barnes had, uh, it's also unlikely that, uh, the Grizzlies are going to trade a rotation player especially considering all the injury problems that they've had. <laughs> yep, it sucks. Which is understandable because holy crap, they have just had every injury under the sun it feels like. I like I'm I'm excited for for the young talent that the Grizzlies has though. Uh I I hope that they make some interesting trades or sign sign some guys or something. Like I I I want them to do something that'll like help progress their future, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, there, there's gonna be, there, they, they're a team that I, in my opinion, like, is in the position that they kind of have to make a couple of moves. But, uh, if they don't, it's not necessarily the end of the world. So there's four other guys that I want to mention that um haven't really had trade talks around them yet, but um. They're guys that teams have said like they're willing to move, or just that, like it it feels like there there's a good chance they get traded. Uh, the first one is Spencer Dinwiddie. This is a guy that the Nets have said. So so the first guy is Spencer Dinwiddie, and um, he's I'm pretty sure on the last year of his contract. And given what the Nets have done so far this season. I don't know if they're going to be able to afford to re-sign him. <laughs> so, 
so this is a guy that I could see them potentially try and trade. He obviously has been injured, but he's not ruled out for the entire season yet. So if there's a chance that, that he comes back, uh, he might get traded so that, so that uh, he can help another team and that way they're able to uh, clear him off and, and not worry about that contract expiring or anything. Uh, I may I may add with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, he does hold a player option for next season. Okay. Interesting. This is as per sport track. Um, I feel like he probably won't take it because I think he'll probably get paid. <laughs> he probably could. I feel like he's probably going to get paid. If I'm Spencer Dinwiddie, like if I can't come back like this year and like the Nets necessarily don't win a ring, I would consider like just going one more year, opting the option. and Yeah, for sure. Like know that like you're probably the one piece away that they kind of needed to get. Think to the... back to like the, the early games of the season though, when uh, when Kyrie was out, and just the numbers that this dude was putting up in last year too. Like he's is a good Spencer Dinwiddie is a fantastic piece. One hundred percent, he is. So uh, potential to see him get moved. So uh, another interesting one uh, is Montrez Harrell. Oh, okay. There, there's a there's a few things here. So we already know that it, it's very, very, very clear that the Lakers want another big. <laughs> yeah. They're, they need a little bit more than that right now with, like, every everybody on that team hurt. But they've, they've already got Anthony Davis. They've already got Markeith Morris, who they seem to really like, and, I mean, he, he seems to be pretty efficient for them, so I'm fine with that. Uh, and, I mean, kind of an afterthought in this, but they also have Marc Gasol. Who just is unplayable <laughs> at this point. Uh, so they've already got these three guys that can play the center. Obviously, like, Davis's core position is power forward or whatever, but quite often you'll see teams shift him to the center spot. He plays it really well still. Um, and, like, they're they're looking to add another guy, right? So where does Harold's spot fill in? Um, we're primarily seeing him coming off the bench. Uh, we're actually only seeing him coming off the bench as an option off the bench and he fills that role fantastically and everything um but they also have schroeder for that schroeder's been starting the whole year though basically at this point right now right i don't know if that's going to continue come playoffs like if it's working right now and will work in the playoffs i think schroeder starting will definitely work in the playoffs at this point i suppose don't fix it don't touch it <laughs> uh the other thing though it's the same case with uh dinwiddie this is the last year of his contract. He does have a player option, um, but it, it, this is a guy that has trade value and stuff, right? Um, this is a guy that teams want. He's still super young and everything. This could potentially be a piece in a trade for a big. Because the other thing with Harrell is, like, although he's a center, he's undersized for a center, and he is very athletic and everything, but I feel like what they're looking for is a solid defensive rock. And Harrell is much more of a scorer. Not that he's bad on defense, but he's much more of a scorer. Yeah, his like his game is primarily like scoring. Like that's what he's known for. And yeah, he's he's useful on the defensive side of side of uh, the court. But uh, the Lakers want somebody who's a little bit more reliable in that sense, which is understandable, given given their current situation. So I, I think this is probably the least likely out of out of these last guys that I'm bringing up. But uh, I think it's something to keep an eye on. I, I think it, it, there's potential there. Um, these last two, 
I think are very obvious ones that uh, people are somewhat expecting um, or hoping for, at least. The first one is DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's been insane this season. He's having, like, career stats and everything. So efficient, so good. He can play the two, three, or four. Yeah, versatile. Like, he, he'll he help you win. <laughs> um, he'll shoot really long twos. I'll give him that, too. Uh, he's a player that, uh, if he went to a contender, like, that really helps move the needle in that team's favor. And you're probably going to have to give up, like, the sun and the moon because DeMar more or less is the San Antonio Spurs right now. <laughs> I don't think they care too much about that. Uh, I mean, if you're the Spurs, like, you could probably get the sun and the moon for him. That's the thing, too. Yeah, like, he, he's got a lot of value right now. Well, 100%. He does. It, but, yeah, like, overall, I think this is, like, a fairly obvious one. Um we were talking about this in our team reviews and everything, going over the rosters, going coming into the season. Um, one of the reasons Santee had originally ranked the Spurs uh, lower than both of us is because he was just expecting DeRozan and Aldridge to be gone at some point in the season. So, at least one of them's gone, sort of. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's still the case, though. I, I would not be surprised at all. I would actually be surprised to see DeMar still on this roster after the trade deadline. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. Um, and then the last guy, it's uh, a guy that I love to talk about, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, the the <laughs> the uh, Pistons are definitely going to get <laughs> a shit ton for him. Yeah, uh, considering Christian Wood's uh, injury and everything... Um, I feel like Jeremy Grant might be rising on the most improved player list. Uh, like Wood was out for a while, um, and he's he hasn't looked bad by any means, but he he doesn't look quite the same as before the injury. He was insane before the injury. Now he's like, yeah, this is a really good player, uh, but it's not quite like insane or anything. Jeremy Grant has been insane all season. Uh, I will say his shooting percentages have like fallen off uh, over the past few months. Back in December, he was shooting 47% from the field. Here in March, he's only shooting 40%. Um, I feel like that's more of him just coming back down to earth, though. And also, like, he's on an awful team. It's It can be really hard to succeed when you're on a really awful team. <laughs> yeah, uh, considering as well, uh, he's basically the only guy you really have to worry about every night in regards to the Detroit Pistons, considering Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose are no longer there. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's pretty obvious that he's their first option when it comes to literally anything. <laughs> uh, he's going to be the guy who guards uh, the opposing team's best player. He's going to be the guy that the offense runs through, uh, who gets, who will obviously get the most touches, probably take the most shots on the team most nights as well. Uh, and it's understandable, in a sense, why... Like, his percentages have just completely fallen apart in that regard that he... What help does he have now? Like, before he... Before he had, like, suitable help. Yeah, well... And also the other thing is... Uh, th this is his first ever season being the primary option on a team. I mean, it, I think this is the first season that he's actually, like, started 
every game so far. <laughs> this is a much different look from uh, compared to anything he's ever had. So obviously there's going to be some some shakiness, some roughness and uh realistically he's not going to be a first option on a majority of teams in the league. <laughs> but he's proven that he can score. Uh and he's also such an incredible defender. I mean that that's what he started out as. Uh I I watched this guy for quite a few years on OKC um through his through his slightly earlier years i mean he spent some time in philly before going to okc but when he was on okc he was mostly just like a defensive rock for them um one thing i'm really happy with is his uh three point percentage is still staying steady at around like 35 36 percent which uh for for the kind of player he is is fantastic you, you you can't really ask for for more <laughs> <laughs> yeah you look at that and you say holy crap good job dude <laughs> and this is a guy that uh i mean he's primarily a four but if you need him to he can play the two or three as well yeah he's very versatile yeah and he's only 27 so he's still pretty young uh i i i love jeremy grant though i i want to see him play for a good team <laughs> i mean at least you got to see that uh when he was with the nuggets but <laughs> i mean yeah and uh, look at how much the nuggets are struggling without him too yeah i mean the nu- the nuggets are still a good team uh through through that prolific playoff i know but through that prolific playoff run that they had jeremy grant night in and night out was guarding the best player on the opposing team almost always and and look at how much that they struggle from time to time now not having that guy because really that's the main difference with that team is that they don't have jeremy grant <laughs> so it shows it shows how valuable this guy can be uh especially to a contender yeah uh hopefully can definitely see this dude getting hopefully tricky. also some news that uh has come out over the past couple days uh with an update today uh lamello ball done for the year he fractured his wrist recently and really really sad news that blows for uh, a, a young rookie having a fantastic season it also blows for a charlotte hornets team right now that more or less is yeah. in a, in the playoff mix <laughs> like they could actually they could make the playoffs which is so weird this is such a weird timeline can we get off this ride please <laughs> um i know yeah uh he had surgery for on the day of recording which is march 23rd he'll be reevaluated again in about a month does this really hurt his rookie of the year chances do you think i think so especially since i i mean we talked about this uh i believe it was the last episode uh anthony edwards has been playing incredibly well um i think like edwards was on the up in that rookie of the year conversation uh, and as long as he keeps up at the pace that he has been, uh, LaMelo not playing anymore, I, I think is going to bring Edwards to the top. Yeah. With the news of uh, LaMelo's injury, uh, as per sporting, uh, sports bet dime, sports betting dime, uh, dot com, uh, Anthony Edwards' odds to win the rookie of the year went from uh, plus 800 to minus 50, 155. <laughs> like, like the odds of this guy winning the award now are so great that it's almost like a guarantee that uh, 
uh, he'll win it at this point, and it's really awful uh, for Lamelo, uh, who was my pick uh, at this point to win the ring. It was mine as well. Yeah, like you, you could ar- definitely argue Anthony Edwards should uh, win the award with me, and I'd listen to it. Uh, but now I think uh, my pick in my heart is still Lamelo <laughs> at this point. But realistically, I think like if we come back to this in like two weeks or something like that, and we talk about this again, uh, would probably be Anthony Edwards, and it wouldn't be a question. I think the only other guy that uh, has potential to like break into the conversation is Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton's been so bloody good. He, yeah, he's he's been. I mean, I I feel like normally he like a hundred percent would be in Rookie of the Year conversation, but uh, Lamelo and Edwards have just been insane. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton like on this year has just been unbelievable. Like, yeah, he's averaging like thirteen points a game, three and a half rebounds, five assists. His shooting numbers are ridiculous. Forty eight percent from the field. 42% from three. He's shooting 85% from the free throw line as well. Yeah, this guy's this guy's just been unbelievable uh, this year as well. And really good on him as well. Uh, his true shooting percentage is around 60% too. That's fairly good. <laughs> this guy, this guy's just been whole. I mean, he's also averaging uh, a little over a steal and half a block a game, which isn't bad at all. Especially for like a young point guard too. Like that... That's very good, and Halliburton, uh, he like he would in a normal year like without like an Anthony Edwards, uh, he'd be in the conversation with Lamelo in my opinion for Rookie of the Year. He, yeah, he's he's been fantastic. A friend of mine like going into the draft like I think the day before the draft like we were talking and he said Tyrese Halliburton is probably the best point guard in this draft, and pff, this guy's. <laughs> This guy's definitely proven it so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Hardwood Junkies. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, like I said, I'm your host, Will. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Will Rolling On Air, and I'm at Twitter at Will Rolling Live, which is also my Twitch. Make sure you check me out there. We do stream the recordings of these live, or you get to hear the full, unedited, uncut, unfiltered versions. Uh, so, check that out it, it, it's a lot of fun you can interact with us and chat and stuff chris where can we find you uh you can find me over on instagram and twitter at chris underscore on air uh i will be basically glued to twitter for the next few days because of kyle rumors and trade rumors and i want to know who's going where yeah it's a it's such an exciting time yeah this is also our last episode before the trade deadline night yeah the next next episode is going to be wild so make sure that you stay tuned for that thank you so much for listening and stay safe